Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 372 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am so happy that you're here with me today. And today we are talking to the awesome Hannah Halperin. And this was an awesome conversation. We talk about allowing things to be messy, which I think that is one of the biggest things that we have got to get better at doing um, ourselves as writers, allowing stuff to get out of place, messy. Um, we talk about moving characters from one place to another, and um, it's just a great interview. So please do stick around for that. What has been going on around here? Well, there was no episode last week because I was sick as hail. I was, I was so sick, y'all. Um, and it was. Um, I'm just gonna lay a. I'm just gonna lay a sob story on you uh, because it was my birthday. I had felt really tired um, the day before, like just. To the point where at dinner, I told Lala, I'm like, I think I haven't been taking my vitamins because I am exhausted. And then at four in the morning, I woke up with a sore throat and I was like, no, 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 no. Because things holiday-wise in the United States meant that, meant that I had had to move my all my classes, which I normally would have taught on my birthday because that's the day it falls on. But because of the holiday, I had moved all my classes. I had a whole day off and I had brunch plans with writing friends. Um, there was this auction house. I don't need anything, uh, but there's this auction house that is only open on Wednesdays randomly. And I wanted to go to that and just look at things and poke things. There was like a, like an accordion and typewriter keys. And um, there was another little consignment shop that I want to, I do, I do really want a recliner. I want a recliner, so I don't need anything, but I do want a recliner. So I've been looking for a recliner. I was just going to have a day off and do things. And um by 8 a.m. I had canceled with the writers and I was in bed. And by noon, I had a temperature of 104. And um, 104 is no joke, y'all. Couldn't get it down. Uh, I am an American, so I didn't even think about going to the doctor. Everybody in New Zealand later when they heard about it, like, why didn't you go to the doctor or the, or the emergency room? Like, we don't, we don't do that. We don't. Do, besides, it would have been hell. Um, but I, I do remember asking Lala if I was going to die. So that's... Uh, an overreaction, but it was awful. Couldn't get the fever down. And, and then I'm going to tell you another really lovely, lovely, beautiful, sad story. Um, in the middle of that afternoon, an incredible bouquet of flowers arrived and Lala kind of held it through the bedroom door at, at me. And I couldn't, I was, I was so sick. I looked up and I just thought, no, that I can't, it was making me nauseous even to move. So put it in, put it in the dining room. And then she read the card to me and I couldn't remember one second later who she said had sent it to me. I knew that she had said the word grads. And there's a little bit of a secret that some people know and some people don't. But if you go through my 90 day courses, there is an option to get into the 90 day grads class. Um, and I don't talk about it much, but the grads are incredibly special and amazing. And I love, I love the grads. Um, and the card had said, which round of the grads had sent it to me. Um, and I kind of assumed it was this current group of grads, but I didn't know. I didn't know who to thank. And, and honestly, I couldn't even look at my phone. So I didn't thank anybody that day. And I didn't thank anybody the next day. And I think I sent a little like, thanks for the flowers to my current grads. Um, but what I had not known was there, was there not only were 
the flowers, when I finally was able to wobble around and look at them, they were the most incredible flowers. There was also a, a gift bag with chocolate and the most intensely awesome candle I have ever received. It's tobacco. What is it? Tobacco vanilla. Um, it's one of those really long lasting candles like Sasha Black and I were talking about. And also a spa package, a spa package. And it came from the current grads and it came from a bunch of the grads of grads, older grads who had sent me this birthday present that I didn't even thank anybody for because I didn't know where it came from. And I, I didn't even know about the spa thing because that had gone to spam. So four or five days later, I um, texted Mona McDermott, who I knew would know. I said, who sent me the flowers? And uh, just a little while long later, the person who was in charge of organizing everything sent me the, the email again and said, did you get this? Do you, do you know about the spa? Did you ever see the, the gift bag? Um, I was like, no, 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 no. I am just a dick. So, uh, <laughs> but I felt so loved. I felt so loved and also so confused. Very, very confused because I was also so feverish. I thought they were sending me flowers because I was so sick because I don't, or then I couldn't even remember it was my birthday. So I'm just glad I got through that sick part of it. I'm also very um, glad and grateful for this job that allowed me, and, and a lot of training that I have done that allowed me to send a message that day. The only thing I did was I walked to my desk and I sent messages to um, 90 Days to Done, 90 Day Revision, and the 90 Day Grad saying classes canceled tomorrow. And normal Rachel would have just freaked out because I can't stand to cancel a class for any reason, migraine, sickness, anything. Um, I would have been scrambling to try to reschedule hot seats and to make sure that nobody was mad at me and to make sure that everybody feels supported. And I just took care of myself. I sent that message and I went to bed and I stayed there for four days. Um, and it was awesome. And and I'm so grateful for being able to do that. I'm also so grateful for the grads and, and the present that you all sent to me. So if you're listening to this and you were part of that, thank you. The spa part, the dream of my life is always to go get a massage. And the Kiwi in me that doesn't like to spend extra money that isn't necessary um, never lets me do that. Almost ever. I have not had a massage in years. Um, not, oh my God. Not since we moved to New Zealand and definitely not since the pandemic. So it was 2019, the last so four, almost four years that since I've had had a massage and I love massages so much. So I'm going to get a massage or two or maybe three because it was a large, large gift. And I am so grateful. So thank you. This is my an, another additional thank you. And I'm very sorry that I didn't thank anybody on those first few days. Um, uh, so I am glad to be back at the desk. I'm still sick. I'm still very tired and I'm doing the bare minimum, just what needs to get done. And what needs to get done this week, the bare minimum is this podcast. I had told um, people who are on the $5 Patreon level that I would do a, uh, I would do the bonus mini episode, coaching episode. Last week, I have not done that, and I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to do that. Probably tomorrow morning, I'm hoping, but I'm also not committing to that because I'm doing the bare minimum as I am healing and getting better. Look at me, trying to take care of myself. I'm not very good at it, but I am trying. So um, yeah, I'm, but I am also very, very grateful and glad to be back at the desk. The dog lost her damn mind while I was sick. Uh, she lost any training or manner she's ever had. She was really upset. Um, she started demand barking constantly 
uh, at Lala. She couldn't be in the bedroom with me because she's just too chompy and bitey. She's still a puppy and um, just super stressed out. So for the last couple of days that I've been upright, it's been a lot easier, but wow, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough time around here. Um, I don't think it was COVID. I tested negative the whole time. Um, and I'm just, I'm happy to be back at the desk. I put on lipstick and mascara today and I brushed my hair. Amazing. Um, what else is going on? Oh, we started Rachel says plan, which has been so fun. Rachel says plan is this new thing. I told you all about a couple of weeks ago where it's a Patreon level where you come over and you're in a Slack group and we plan, we plan our writing, we plan it together. And then we talk about it. We had our first meeting this last week. It's an, it was an hour live zoom call with Q and a and only a couple of questions. So then we just chatted and it was so fun and so beautiful. And I'm really excited to work with people on the planning side of writing, because that is where we all let ourselves down over and over and over again. And that is part of being a writer. So Rachel says plan has been great. Um, if you want to check that out, that's over at patreon.com slash Rachel. And also um, while I'm pushing things, this is the time you will want to make sure you're on the pre-notification list if you are interested in 90 days to done or 90 day revision. Um, Y'all know that those classes sell out really quickly. If you go to um, probably easiest is just go to rachelherron.com and then go to the right tab and go to those classes. And if you click on the classes on there will be a link that says like, let me know first. That'll take you to a Google doc. You can put down your name and email. People who are on that list get 24 hour pre-alert status. So if you're interested in that, now would be the time to be on that because I will be opening that up um, in a couple of weeks for the next session, which will start in September. It'll be September, October, November. So 90 days of writing your book or revising your book. There is a huge monarch butterfly flying around the sunshiny yard. It is the middle of dead winter. Um, today is Marariki. Matariki. I don't know why I said that weird. Uh, Matariki, which is the new year, the Maori new year. And I can't believe there's a monarch butterfly flying around in the 47 degree weather Fahrenheit. Um, that was really beautiful. I am thinking about the new year. I love, I love the new year. This feels more new year to me than having the actual calendar new year in the middle of summer in New Zealand. This is the time for reflection. This is the time for, um, figuring out what's going to happen next. I've been thinking about and touching my tarot cards and going to um, do a little reading with a friend tomorrow and replanning, speaking of planning, replanning some things that I want to get done for the second half of the year. Uh, here in New Zealand, our days are going to start getting longer, hopefully a little bit warmer. Uh, it has been cold and, and it's been cold and lovely. Honestly, the sun has just been brilliant. In Wellington, we tend to suffer very miserable springs is what we have learned. Um, but winter is cold and clear and bright. And I absolutely love it. I'm looking into the garden, obviously right now into the, into the greenery. And that monarch just made my day as it fluttered by as I was talking to you. So thanks for letting me share it. All right, let's jump into the interview, shall we? Uh, Hannah Halperin is the author of Something Wild, which won the Edward Lewis Wallant Award, which was a finalist for the National Jewish Book Award for debut fiction and was longlisted for the VCU Cable 
first novelist award. Her stories have been published in the Kenyon Review, New Ohio Review, and Joyland. She has taught fiction workshops at Grub Street in Boston and has worked as a domestic violence counselor. I Could Live Here Forever is her most recent novel, and it is a book that I gobbled could not put down. So please enjoy this interview. Please do your own writing so that someday I can have you on the show and we could talk about your book. So um, do that for me, would you? Write just a little bit. Okay, y'all. We will talk soon. Here we go. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I am so glad to welcome you to the show. Will you please share your name and pronouns with us? Sure. I'm Hannah Halperin and my pronouns are she and her. Thank you, Hannah. I loved your book. I could live here forever. I don't get a chance to read all the books of people who come on the show, but for this, for this one, I grabbed it and it was so good. Thank you for writing it. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. Oh, as a, uh, as a, as an MFA creative writing baby who, who then like, you know, did nothing for many years after that. Um, and also as a recovering alcoholic addict, like it was just so, it was such a cool read. Like I was just in it. I felt like I was living inside it. Um, and I've got some questions here that I think you were given. So on this podcast, we talk about process. Um, and I want to know about your general writing process in a moment, but first of all, your publicist in the email to me said that writing this particular book was a different kind of process for you. Can you talk about the first drafting of this book and what that was like? Yes. Um, the first draft of this book kind of came out, um, a lot faster than, um, my first book did and sort of things usually do. I mean, once I like get started on a project, I tend to write pretty fast, but, um, I don't know if it was because like we were working remotely. Um, so I had, I had more flexibility in my schedule, um, in terms of like creating my own schedule. And I think like when I have long spurts of time, um, and I, and I have, when I have that time to kind of like work at something, I, I, I kind of delve into it. Um, and, and with this book, there was like a lot of energy, um, behind it. And once I started writing, I kind of just like kept writing, um, and, and didn't stop, um, until I had like finished, um, finished a draft and kind of fi finished that first draft in about, um, either like six weeks or two months. But the, the way, um, and I guess like the writing process was like pretty similar to how my writing process usually is, but it was just like happening, like in an extreme way or it was happening like a lot yeah. all at once. And I, I guess like in a way, like the pandemic, it, it was probably similar to a lot of people where everything felt really like extreme or, um, you know, and I was living alone and was very isolated. So I kind of like threw myself into the world of this book. Um, and then the book is about addiction and obsession. And I was like by myself. And so I kind of like lost myself in that in kind of like my own obsessive way. And it was a way to, um, yeah, to, to, to feel like less 
crazy and less, less alone, I guess. But um, I, I guess what the writing process looked like on a day-to-day basis, um, and I was still working, but, but I, did, I, I did have just like a, a lot more time um, was like, I would wake up each morning and start the day off by reading what I had read the day before um, and kind of like edit a bit as I went. Um, but it was also a way to just kind of like enter back into the world of the book. And then, um, and then I would write for a few hours. And then usually I would take a walk, like a pretty long walk. And, and that's always been like a, a big part of my writing process is like going on these walks. And I, I don't know if you're the same way, but like, yeah. um, like while I would walk, I, I'd think a lot about what I had written and what I was going to write next. And, and, um, and like, I, I don't, I don't know if other people are this way, but like, I find that like, I end up like memorizing a lot of what I'm writing just from having reading it so many times over. And so like on the walks, I'd be um, kind of like thinking about the sentences that I'd written and editing them as I went, um, like figuring out what I was going to cut when I got home. And wow. um, Yeah. Like pretty like granular details or like, you know, which a more precise way to say something or, um, and and then like bigger picture stuff too, of like what was going to happen later, later on in the book or, um, what was going to happen with a particular character. And I, I wouldn't, I, I, I'm not someone who like really like writes stuff out in my head, but like, it, it just sort of like scenes would kind of start to formulate in like a fuzzy way. And then by the time I got home, I'd be pretty energized to start writing again. And so my days would be pretty filled up with the book in that way. Um, and that would sort of bring me to the end of the day. And so for a few months, I was sort of like doing this all the time. Um, and then, you know, revision, uh, that's when I kind of got other people involved or like, you know, was able to get readers and stuff. But for the first two months, it was just me and, and that first draft. And it was like, it was, it was really exciting in a way that like, other writing projects, they always are, but this one felt different because there was just like so much energy and momentum behind it. And that explains why the obsession feels so real and visceral, I think, is because you were also pouring that particular kind of energy into it at that moment. Are you a planner at all, or were you just chasing this book where it wanted to go? Did you know where you wanted it to end? How did that work? Um, I, I, I don't ever like really plan out. Like I, I don't like write an outline or or plan it out. Usually like I'll have like some, some sense of like, I'm writing towards a scene or writing towards um, like a turn in the book or something like that. I, I think at some point in the writing process, I knew how the book would end, but I don't, I don't have the sentences, but I have like either I know how the feeling is. I, mm. I know I want the feeling to be a certain way, or maybe I have, um, I knew like what the, where the setting was going to be, but I don't yet know um, what it's going to look like. And it, and I, I had like a real urgency of wanting to get to the end. Um, and, and once I got there, kind of the sentences just sort of came to me and that, that was, it, it was, it was a good feeling. I kind of knew, oh, this is the end when I, when I got oh, there. That's so cool. And that, or that word urgency, I think is particularly 
useful around this book. It's it's an urgent book. And yeah, it kind of devoured the time that I was that I was reading it. What is the biggest challenge for you when it comes to writing? Um for me it's usually like this voice in my head that will typically come like either before I start writing or like when I write like the first few sentences of something new that is typically saying like either this isn't important or like, why, why would anybody want to read this? Um, and, and that will usually like stop me from writing. Like I'll, I'll usually like just stop writing or I'll attempt to like write something like more like quote important. And that will turn into something very, false sounding or horrible. And, and then I'll stop writing that after a few sentences too. Um, and, and like after, you know, the, the voice eventually I'll, I'll get past it. And it's usually like just a matter of like actually getting into a story or like writing a few scenes or a few pages and, and getting involved into it. But like at the beginning, it's kind of always there. Does the voice, what, what helps most to kind of get rid of that voice? Cause I know that voice and it comes back to me all through mm. a project as well. Like oh, how do you, how do you handle that? Yeah. Um, I think the thing that helps me the most is like just reading, like going back to the writers that I love the most and like reading the books that I love mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that these books exist. And, yeah. um, you know, the, these books are about, um, relationships or desire or, you know, just people, you know, being with each other, whatever it is they're doing. Um, and I I don't have to be so self-conscious about the things that I'm compelled to write about. I love that. I don't have to be so self-conscious. Yes, exactly. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Um, I think just like when I'm like when I'm in it, like sort of, sort of what I was describing like the writing process, like when when it's going really well and um, I'm like, I, I think it starts to really affect like how like my days are and when I'm like waking up and and the first thing I'm thinking about is what I'm writing um, and kind of everything that I'm observing and thinking about and and doing is like, somehow like either feeding into what I'm writing or um I don't know life life just seems like a lot more like interesting and manageable and and just like it's 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 a very exciting way to live when like the writing is going well um and and revision can be like that too I think like like getting feedback from from people um and and starting to like see like the story or the work in like a new light and um I don't know I I think like being the beginning is hard and and then like the publishing part is is tricky for me too but like the the middle is just like that that's that's really fun so I really like that your your face lights up when you talk about it oh um (laughs) Will you talk to me about that difficulty of publishing? Oh, it's just, um, 
well, like figuring out how to talk about it, um, like promoting, you know, promoting your work, like social media is like pretty hard for me. Um, and I don't know, it's like you, it, it can be, it can be tricky, like, you know, keep keeping track of, um, of the things that matter, like, you know, um, it, it, it's no longer about like writing, it's about, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it seems like it's like a lot more about like ego and, um, you know, there, there's all this stuff out there that can be really distracting, like lists and reviews and, and like how well your book is doing. And, and that can feel like very removed from actually like why, like, you, you know, you are driven to write in the first place. Yeah. Um, I, I always feel like it's when, when a book goes out there, my ego at once gets huge and it is also nothing. Like I have, yes. I, have, I have no part of ego. Like I'm just, I'm just worthless, but also I'm the most important thing in the universe for those. And then yeah. and putting those two things together and neither of them are true is very difficult for me. Yeah. I, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. Like I, I don't, I don't feel like the best version of myself right now. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't think I'm like, especially pleasant to be around at this moment. So I'm like, so much. Yeah. I, I'm like looking forward to when like, um, you know, I, the, the, again, like there's such a race to like, and, and like, I feel it like, you know, like I, I was like writing just like, I want, I wanted the book to, like succeed and be out there and stuff. And, um, and, and now I'm very much like, you know, almost like nostalgic for the time that I was writing it because that's yeah. when it felt like the most like alive to me. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Oh, um, yeah, I was thinking about this and I was like, I don't know if this is a craft tip, but like, it's something that came up sometimes, like when I was teaching workshops, like students would ask about um, like how, like how to get um, like characters from like this room to that room or point A to point B or, or mm -hmm. this day to that day and sort of like how to deal with those filler scenes um, or almost, almost a question of like how to write like the boring parts. Yeah. And, and, and I thought it was like a good question and like, in a way it's kind of like a technical question that also speaks to something bigger and sort of like giving yourself permission to, um, like skip over the boring parts and, and allowing the reader to jump, um, you know, jump with you from place to place or, um, day to day or year to year and, and, um, you know, not, not feeling like you have to hold their hand, you know, through those transitions, but, but also, you know, um, kind of like to another point, like, like as you're writing, if you're, if you're feeling bored, um, writing something kind of allowing yourself to, to also just skip over that, um, and, and move to a part where you're, you know, feeling more excited about something or more compelled to write it. Yes. And, 
um, you know, and not to say like every, every part has to feel like incredibly fun to be writing, but I, I think like, especially in that first draft, like it, it should, you know, ho- hopefully it feels, hopefully some of it feels fun. Um, Cause I, I think, I think if you're, if you're having fun, like your, your reader's probably going to enjoy reading it too. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with this, but um, it is something that I've often thought is that many writers are perfectionists and we want our first drafts to someday be like, Oh, this is the one I just accidentally got right. And for so many years, I had this feeling where, yeah, it might feel boring, but I got to write it because I can't go to the next step. I've got to do it right, the right way in order, you know, um, and allowing myself to just stop writing. I, I will literally stop writing in the middle of a sentence and just put boring, skip to blank, fix later, and I'll go to the next part. And that felt like cheating for so long as a, as a type A, A plus student, like that felt like cheating, but it's not cheating. It's the, it's the best. Yes. Um, I, I think like allowing yourself to do that and like allowing it to be messy. And, um, I, I think that's a perfect example of just, um, yeah. Allowing it to be messy. Oh my gosh. If I could, if I could ever do that with anything in my life, it's the best thing. (laughs) Um, okay. Can you tell us what the kindest thing that anyone has ever done for you in your writing career is? Um, that's, yeah, that's another hard question. Cause I feel like there's been, um, so many things and, and, and those have kind of been the things that have like propelled me forward. Um, but I, I was thinking kind of in terms of this book, um, especially I, you know, I, I kind of described like the writing process was like really, it was really intense and, and also very like solitary and, and when I finished writing it, I, and I hadn't like shared any of it with anyone. And, and when I finished it, I hadn't even like read the whole thing through, but I, I reached out to one of my friends who's also a writer. And I kind of like felt like, I, I, I don't know, like, if you feel like this, but there like come certain points when writing where you're like, this is a good moment to get feedback. And, um, and it was, it was like, it was that moment. And, and I, I reached out to this friend and I asked him if he would read the draft, um, which is like a pretty big ask, um, especially like at that point, because it was like an incredibly yeah. rough draft. Um, and, and it was like, most people big... would not be able to handle that. You know, it has yeah. to be, it has to be a certain kind of person um, who, who holds a level of trust with you. That would be yeah, able to do exactly. That. Yeah. And, and it was also just like, it's like a big document and like, it's, it's, it's time. And, um, and he said he would do it. And he, I think he read it like either that day or the next day. Oh, that's and, the best. and like, you know, he, I, I don't remember what his comments were, but they were such that like, I felt so excited to keep writing and it's not like they were all like, you know, oh, this is perfect or, you know, it, but it, they were so engaged. Um, and, and it was also, it, it was like, just like the, the generosity in which he, um, 
like responded and and like and, and there's been plenty of times like I've had friends send me stuff and it's taken me like way longer to get back and and that's just like the nature of like you know what's going mm-hmm. on and um but it was you know he he just it, I don't know it, it it there there was like tremendous um yeah, I guess like kindness and generosity and like, it, I, I don't think he ever like knew how much that meant to me or like how, yeah. like the, the feeling that I had when, when I got that response, because um, it, like I had been like living alone with that, with that draft, like in like a pretty intense way for a few months. And then, and then to get his response, I was sort of like given this new burst of energy and, and kind of moved forward with it. So mm-hmm. I think like, yeah. Oh, go on. No, I, I think like having just, you know, just like one, yeah. like one vote of confidence like that um, at a, at a specific moment can, can do a lot. Maybe you will send him this podcast when it comes out and he will, and he will know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is the kindest thing you've ever done for yourself as a writer? Um, I, you know, I, I think probably just like in moments of, um, of rejection, um, you know, allowing myself to like wallow, but then like, you know, still like keep trying and like not, um, not give up. So feel feel your feelings and then just, uh, get up and take the next step. Yeah. I like to give my, I like to give myself 24 solid hours for a good wallow. If it's a big rejection, if it's a big hurt, I could just stay in bed for 24 hours, but then I right. just need to get up yeah. and do a little bit more. Yeah. What is the best book that you've read recently and why did you love it? Um, I, I recently read a book called um, Strangers to Ourselves by Rachel Aviv. I, I don't know if you've um, mm-hmm. read this one. It's, it's a nonfiction book and it's about, um, it's about like mental illness and, and kind of like diagnoses and, and how like these like words and, and stories we tell ourselves and, and like that, like doctors tell, tell us about ourselves kind of really shape our perceptions of ourselves and, and shape our lives. Um, and it, I, like, it's, it's nonfiction, but it reads in a pretty like novelistic way and mm. in a way that I, I could not put it down. And it follows maybe like five or six different people. And, and one of the people is the woman who wrote the book. And um, it just made me think in like, really kind of like nuanced and profound ways about how, um, yeah, how, how we, how we kind of label and, and think about ourselves. And it, it wasn't like anti-psychiatry, but it, it, it did kind of like look at psychiatry in like a, a way that I hadn't thought about before. I love that. That sounds fabulous. And I'm going to go probably pick it up as soon as we hang up. So thank it's you so for good. that. Yeah. <laughs> and will you please tell us a little bit about your book? I could live here forever. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, I Could Live Here Forever is about um, a young woman named Leah who 
moves to Madison, Wisconsin to get her MFA in fiction writing. And there she falls in love with Charlie, um, who is a recovering addict. And um, they fall into just a very intense relationship. And um, and yeah, it's, it's, it, it follows their relationship. It was so um, good. Yeah. <laughs> I could not, I could not put it down. And I was, I was just living in, inside it. So, and it's beautifully written. Where can we find you online? Um, yeah. So you can find me um, on Instagram at hannah.halperin um, or my website, hannahalperin.com. And thank you so much for yeah, being thank here Thank you today. so much for having me. I, I love your podcast and it was so nice to chat with you. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>